What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Kevin Josh. Tonight, we'll discuss the Hounds' 2-2 draw with Louisville, and uh, we'll take a look around the rest of the USL to see how the playoffs are shaping up. Let's go. Can you believe that, guys? No, I mean, that, that is no, the craziest sequence of events we've seen in, a, in quite a period of time. In the top right corner, gentlemen. Out to the middle. Back to Sorry, I feel like I surprised myself with that one. Um, <laughs> I realized, like, mid-lets that my throat is really sore. Like, I've been drinking nothing but tea with honey all night, and it's still really sore. So I was going to yell, and then I got through lets, and I was like, don't yell, don't yell. Um, Are you sick? Is it allergies? Uh, I don't have allergies, so I'm really hoping that I'm not sick. Uh, my wife said she had the same sort of scratchy throat thing this morning, but she's fine now. So hopefully it's just a short-term thing. Who knows? So. Or she has a better immune system than you when you're going to get sick. <laughs> that would be, yeah. yeah. What's going on, guys? Josh, you first. Me first? Okay, <laughs> me first, I guess. Uh, yeah, not much. I just had a, a blast of a weekend. Uh, my moms came into town and we hung out with them. And Got they went the to their 90. first Riverhounds game and yeah. uh, witnessed the madness that is the River Hound, or the, the Steel Army section. Uh, they sat right off to the side of it, <laughs> so close enough to like document the whole thing, taking pictures the whole time. You know, embarrassed me by you know constantly having the camera pointed at me. <laughs> <laughs> Was there a lot of like, Josh, get get in with your friends, get in, get in with your friends? It felt more like a documentary where like like they don't like a nature documentary where they don't want to like disturb the wildlife, so they're just like <laughs> secretly putting their camera up and so it was less it was less intrusive and more just natural habitat. Did they get like a sixty year old British man? To <laughs> I, was say. I haven't seen the final product yet. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that's funny, Kev. What you uh, what you do this weekend? Um, just helped celebrate, uh, Riley's birthday. Um, Riley's my girlfriend of five years. We, uh, went out to a nice dinner tonight. That's why we're recording slightly later. Thank you both. And, um, yeah, treated her a nice little spa day on Saturday. I got a massage and everything. I think she had a good time. No, um, no. Yeah, it was, it was a good weekend. No Dollywood? No Dollywood, not yet. <sighs> she started it, look, I'm going to finish this off very quickly. She started this as a joke. We live in Tennessee. Dolly Dolly Parton has an amusement park down here, and she was like, "Oh, Kevin, wouldn't it be hilarious to go?" Because she knew I would hate it, and she was like, "Kevin, I really want to go. Kevin, I really want to go." My mom caught wind of it, and now like every other day, she texted me, "You taking Riley to Dollywood? You taking Riley to Dollywood?" And so, it'll probably happen eventually, but uh, no, not yet. Yeah. Well, now mom's going to text me and say, hey, I heard on the show that Kevin really, you know, Riley really doesn't want to go to Dollywood and she's going to feel true. bad. So way if to go, you're listening, Kevin. mom. This way is the go. true story. Way to go. <laughs> <sighs> um, so I, this weekend, we had, um, this weekend was just jam-packed with stuff. Uh, and unfortunately, um, I wasn't able to watch the game live. We had people over our house, but I kept check- checking the score. And it was interesting because... Um, just sort of getting updates about the game, it felt like a very, very different game than what it ended up being. Like, you know, basically you go in, oh, okay, oh, Louisville scored again. Like, we're down 2 nothing. There's, like, no way. And then you see that we score with, like, five minutes left, and it's like, well, okay, we got a consolation goal. Like, I have no sense of how the game's actually shaking out. Um, but then to see that we drew 2-2, it was like, oh, 
okay all right and then i listened to the full 90 and liz was like this was amazing so like <laughs> i was very anxious to go back and watch the game which i did um and it was a uh, it was definitely an entertaining one um obviously like i said hounds drew 2-2 two, two, two with louisville um one of the things that i thought was interesting there's a there's a gentleman that i work with who is british and uh he um has not been a huge fan of the hounds like i think he He'll go to games, you know, every so often. And I think he heard they were doing well. He was going with a group of friends this week. And so I made sure to, to ping him this morning to say, hey, you know, what'd you think? And uh, he was very complimentary. And he said, you know, he's he's they've turned him into a follower. I guess his one buddy bought a hound shirt. And uh, he said he definitely wants to try to get back to another game this, this week. Now, I was going to quiz you guys on this. He said that they definitely have, in his opinion, now this he's he's a diehard Man U fan, like watches has watched European soccer his entire life. He said that there were three or four guys on the Hounds, and then named three in particular that he thought were really good players. So based on that alone, if you're a newcomer coming into this game, and uh, and you see three players, and you know your you know your soccer. Who are the three guys that you think that he named to me? Josh, I'll let you I'll let you go first. Just pick one. Uh I mean, I the obvious answer is Nico Brett. Since no. he had the opportunities on goal, but I'm guessing no because that's obvious. No. So it's not Nico Brett. Okay, well I will say that's my one guess, so I guess right. I got it wrong. Kev, who do you think? Uh I mean Greenspan looked pretty dominant. Greenspan was one of them. Yeah. All right. Josh, I'm gonna throw it back to you. Now pick somebody else. Uh, wait, is is this just from last week's game? This is just Louisville? from yeah. This is just against Louisville. Ah, there goes Tommy V because I don't think he looked good that game. Um, Zemanski? No, who the hell did he say? <laughs> Kevin Forbes. <laughs> he said Forbes. Well, that's uh, he scored. <laughs> Forbes whatever. had an incredible game. He no. did actually. Have a so he said game. Greenspan and Forbes. Wait, let me guess the last one. Go. Did he say Parks? He said Parks! <laughs> Boom, baby! <laughs> Which, like, I thought that was the most interesting thing out of it, is is we've sort of picked on Parks all season, yeah. and I think rightly so. But for somebody to come in you not knowing anything so. about the team and to sit down and be like, I thought he was he's a really good player, and I thought he had a really good game. Do the you... sample size is pretty small. I mean, if you're just going by last week's game, I do think Parks had a good game last week. Yeah. So, I mean, that's... That's not indicative of the whole season, though. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and I would also say that you know I would value uh, Tommy V over Parks a lot of times, but last game, that's not the case. Tommy right. V definitely kind of disappeared in the background, whereas Parks was much more prevalent in making moves. Yeah, and his I, his commentary was that he still thought that Parks was probably a bit of a ball hog too much, um, and had a few chances that he should have finished. But uh, I think just from a pure speed and skill standpoint, he was impressed. So yeah, I just I found that interesting. I was like, whoa, okay, all right. So Kev, what made you? Why why did you think it was Parks? Um, I, th- I think Parks has he has some attributes that um you know, he has he has some attributes that like I don't know like tactical wherewithal just can't stop like it you know. It, he has he has the physical attributes where if he's in the right position, you know he can just drop a shoulder and go by you with speed, or or he can hold you off, or you know he's so I, I think that kind of physical imposing presence as well as as the speed makes him 
just generally really hard to play against. I mean, you can you know you can kind of set up a plan for him, but you know so- sometimes physical attributes just can kind of brute force your way through certain tactical you know setups. And I think Parks on his day can do that. And and also I think I think early on it helps too. If if, you, if this is one of the first games you're at in a while or whatever. And you see within the first ninety seconds him linking up really well and and almost setting up you know Brett. Then you're like, oh, okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that that kind of made sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so uh, this guy also said he sat right behind the Hounds bench and he said he thoroughly enjoyed hearing Lily the entire game. And he said the the choice. Um, uh, we'll just say the choice words that Lily uses, he did not find offensive and used. He, he thought they were used properly in every instance of them being used. So, yeah. That, that makes, that's the one seed I think I would uh, uh, happen to have struggled with, with uh, to sit with or stay on the Steel Army or anywhere else on the field. Uh, I think that would be the one place I would maybe choose over the Steel Army uh, once or twice a yeah. season. Yeah, right behind the bench. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, it, it, you know, regardless of the fact that the Hounds only got one instead of three at home, had to dig themselves out of a hole. I mean, guys, watching this game, it felt like we were the better team. And this sort of feels like the tail of the tape for the past few weeks where, you know, you sort of look at – you don't even have to look at the stats. The, the stat, Because I, I definitely think that especially over the past month, the stats have been deceiving in that – you have a lot of people who will look at, you know, possession percentage and think that's some sort of stat that indicates victory. And it's actually been the opposite for us where, you know, the more we have possession, um, it seems like the worse off that we do. But, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, let's just get in some takeaways. Josh, what, uh, what's one of your takeaways from this game? Uh, yeah, it was intense the whole time. I mean, it felt like we were pushing and pushing and pushing. Um, it, it, Definitely did not feel like we were taking it safe, which was great to see. Uh, we were trying to get that win, and it was also frustrating because there for a while it did feel like it was going to be another one of those games where we just couldn't find the back of the net to save our lives. Um, so I, it, at the time, I remember being super excited for the, the two goals that we got. But just like kind of like trying to calm and look at the replays and kind of, you know, analyze the game. It is a situation where it feels like both goals were kind of like handed to us a little bit more. I, uh, the own goal uh, for the first one, I know that Holland had to like pass it in there and it, it, it ricocheted and we got lucky there. Uh, and then also just getting that foul is also impressive uh, for Brett to be able to draw that foul and, and, Forbes to put it away because we see that uh, putting it away on a penalty kick is not necessarily a given, especially for the Hounds. Uh, so <laughs> it was nice to see. Was that our first? That might have been our first PK goal of the season. I think we've only had two other PKs and we missed that yes. both times. So. I know of one other PK, but I don't. I can't remember if we had two or not. Actually. Yeah, I think Brett had one and he missed wide, and Kay oh. had one that he skied over top. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Cincy. So. They don't happen often, so it was good to see Forbes just sort of slotted in. Kev, uh, how about you, man? What the, give us a takeaway. Before I get into that, too, quickly going back to Parks, I think the last thing I, I want to mention is, like, if you're a defender and if you line up and you look at Parks, Brett, and Forbes, I think you're probably thinking, I don't want to have to go up against Parks, purely because, like, yeah, you can be in the right position, but if you decide, you know, you can't, 
if he's faster than you, sorry, you can't do anything about it. You know what I mean? Whereas Brett really doesn't have pace, and neither does Forbes. They're going to outthink you, if anything. Whereas Parks, you know, if he decides to run faster than you, you can't do anything about it. Um, or, or you know, win a header against you. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think especially with the kind of, I don't know, precedence of last season and this season, you know, let's be honest, Louisville is an established – you know, top team in the East, in the USL. Um, and I thought this was a game where, I don't know, it's kind of hard It's kind of hard to see, like, what the outsider's perspective of the Hounds is this season. Um, I mean, you know, we, this is a new position for us. You know, the past, the past couple of years, we have been on the other end of the table at this part of the season. And so to, to be here, I, I don't, I get the sense that pr- people will probably think, okay, is this a one-season wonder, you know, are the Hounds really going to establish themselves as a top team in the East year in, year out? Um, and I think the likes of you know Louisville and Cincy and, and Charleston kind of already have that about them. And this was a game where I think it was it was a statement game. I think you know we played Louisville. Granted, we were at home, but we played them at home, and we were the better team. Um, we created a heck of a lot more chances. Um, I thought we uh, we tested their keeper a heck of a lot more. Uh, on another day, you know, our, our leading goal scorer could have, you know, Nico Brett could have at least two, uh, two goals in this game. So, yeah, it was it was a game where we kind of went toe to toe with one of the top established teams in the East, and I thought we we came out on top, even though, yeah, it, it took us 85 minutes plus to uh, to pull it back and get the draw. So, and and I think the other thing is I think this could be a huge turning point as well because. I mean, forgetting about the points tally and the points gathered from this game, you know, you flip it around, say we're winning 2-0 and Louisville come back and score two in the last five minutes. I mean, what does that do for us mentally? I mean, we're all, we're feeling a lot worse in this game. The players are feeling a lot worse in this game. And Louisville is walking away thinking, you know, they have the momentum going into the last six games of the season. Whereas here, you know, it, it's completely turned. We, we we get a lot of momentum pulling back and getting to draw. We keep them in third. We stay in second. And, and uh, and yeah, it, it, it we come away thinking we're in large portions of the season where we let goals in late. Now we're on the other end of it. You know, players can start believing in themselves, especially in the game. So I, I think the way this game kind of unfolded, I think, will do a lot for us. If, if anything, it kind of killed any momentum Louisville might have had, and I think it, it definitely helps us. One thing that, uh, Kev, you know, you mentioned sort of we had our chances. We had 20 shots, but only four on target. And one thing that I don't know if I'm necessarily worried about, but it's just something that's sort of in the back of my mind. You look at both Louisville and Cincy, and neither team, stats-wise, really gets a ton of chances on goal, but they make the most of the chances that they get. So, like, I think... Uh, if you look at the USL stats thing, they said that uh, Louisville only had three shots on target, and they said they had 100% shooting accuracy. Um, so all three of their shots were on net. Um, is is that, you know, we obviously nitpick, but like to, to sort of make that full team, you know, you'd love to see us put more chances on goal. And Kev, you sort of established, obviously, since he are, are sitting in first place, it's going to be very hard to catch them if anybody catches them. And Louisville is this established club, and they both have this sort of figured out. Are you at all concerned heading into these last six games or heading into the playoffs that we maybe don't have that figured out yet? And these are probably two teams that we may see at some point 
in the playoffs. I mean, we're definitely going to see Cincy later this season. But, um, you know, maybe potentially in the playoffs. Josh, are you at all concerned by that? Um, personally, I'm not. At least not for anyone other than maybe Cincy. Just because what I'm looking at is less that and more the goal differential. Because if, yeah, maybe we're not making as many goals as the other teams and we're, we're taking a lot more shots but getting, good, you know, one or two in, uh, it is more important to me that our goal differential stays pretty positive. And we're at 19 right now for our goal differential. That's tied with Louis. Um, and everyone else has, like, 11 or below. Like, I think, yeah, 11, 6, 10. So, like, the top teams don't have that many. How the heck is Ottawa Fury, by the way, still in the playoff race with negative 7 goal differential? <laughs> Regardless. Um, <laughs> but the point is... That, that's what matters more. If if we're able to kind of have that slider as far as not allowing as many goals as the other teams do, but still getting goals, um, that's more important to me. Although it would be interesting to see what our goal differential is for the top four teams, top five teams in the league. Yeah, sort of that head. I think also, I mean, we, I, we generally, I mean, it's hard to say this, especially when we play Cincy, but we generally play pretty well against the top teams. I mean, I, I always feel confident in these kind of bigger games where, you know, what we, we went away to Louisville and beat them earlier on in the season. Um, yeah, since he kind of has our number this year, unfortunately. Um, off the top of my head, I can't really remember the Charleston results. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think, but, but generally the performances have been pretty good against the top teams. Um, so as, as far as a playoff standpoint, I'm not really concerned about that too much. And yeah, I mean, as far as like, you know, so this is this is kind of a debate of, you know, do you try to do you try to create more chances or do you try to create more quality chances, right? Do you do you pass up that twenty yard open shot for an opportunity to try to slide someone else in? Um, and I mean, yeah, I mean, I've, it'll be interesting to even know if that's a conversation being had within the backroom staff of you know how do we how do we want to attack. Um, but I mean, it also kind of boils down to look, I mean, this is a problem we've been talking about all season is we can get ourselves in positions, but our finishing has consistently let us down. Um, and really, I think that's potentially one of the only faults of this team. I think elsewhere we're quite solid all the way through. It's just, it's us being clinical in front of net. And not to harp on the point, but, um, you know, you, you've said you felt that since he sort of had our number, I would somewhat disagree i mean we went there early in the season and drew um and then you know we went there again and basically had them on the ropes and unfortunately lost i mean obviously the open cup i just consider as an anomaly because it felt like we just didn't care about that so i think you know we have two home games left we have this weekend against indy and then in three weeks since he come to town so i think that game is going to be telling in terms of how we approach it and again even if we lose, like part of me still sort of thinks that there could be head games going on just because Lily does that. Um, but from like a psychological standpoint, you know, setting a team up. Head games in what way? What do you mean? Like if, if okay, say that we lose to Cincy. Um, and at that point, you know, we should have a playoff position locked up and potentially a top four position locked up. And so go into it and potentially, you know, lose so that since he sort of has this idea that we're pushovers knowing that when we get to the playoffs and then you throw out some completely different lineup and just there's no way he out. ever goes yeah. in to try to semi-intentionally lose well what, no what do you i mean okay we've talked about this before like what do you think happened in the open cup 
we all sort of looked at that lineup and were like, uh, what? I see. I disagree with you guys. I I, I think it was for for those games. It's inevitable that you have to rotate somewhat. But I mean, I'm I'm remembering we still played some like. Six or seven starters. It wasn't like we did a complete line change and played nobodies. I can't remember the lineup off the top of my head, but I want to say the likes of like Forbes played and yeah. But I mean, there was all reports coming out were that that was a game that we were taking very seriously, and we seriously wanted to make a deep run and get an MLS team to play at High Mark and all of that, and then just sort of rolled over. So yeah, it just it. Felt I th- out I, to of be honest, I feel like they just outplayed us in that game, and I don't really. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. The only thing I could see is we do play Cincy on a Saturday, and then on Wednesday, we go away and play Atlanta United too. So maybe we see something going on where they put out it, not their first first team. You know what I mean? Like they out of those two games, the one to lose would be. I, I don't not saying one to lose, but the one to play the fresher legs might be Atlanta. Uh, but that is also depends on where Atlanta is at that time, and right now Atlanta is not looking like they're even trying. So I, I don't know. I I feel like we do play our first team, and man, we have to beat them at least once before they leave this, the league. So it better be the last home game of the season, or knock them out of the playoffs. But I'm hoping we don't even see them in the playoffs. I mean, that's that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, what would be sweeter to beat them in the last regular season game or to knock them out of the playoffs? I think. The, mm, it, it would be sweeter to see them get knocked out the first team they play in the playoffs uh, against like New just, York Red Bulls two or something. I'm just saying the laughs would come from so far <laughs> down in my gut when that happens that like I I might laugh so hard that I cry once that happens. So we'll see we'll see if it happens. Um, guys, specifically about this game, I guess any other takeaways that you want to talk about? Um, you know, I I thought Forbes continues to be a beast. I mean, he's really sort of rounding into form and just. We talked about this a little bit last week, but becoming that field general, he almost feels like, like, if if you know if you could create like a robot and take Lily's brain and put it into the <laughs> robot and he could like control it, like Forbes just always seems to know and be like where he needs to be, and even you can. Lily's not that good. You're giving Lily way too much. Credit. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm Forbes just. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm saying from a like. Tactical, tactical understanding what needs to happen position like you see there are times that they make eye contact and you could see you know kenny just doing like one of these and like knows exactly what he needs to do and just goes out and does it um i'm not surprised that you know after we have what two pks and we had both brett and k try them and they miss that he goes to somebody like kenny like that just feels like the reliable call like at least he's gonna put it on net so like, Were you guys surprised by that, by the way? Were you surprised to see um, Forbes taking the PK? I, I mean, I felt like Brett had an off game, so when the time for the penalty came, I wasn't surprised that he, you know, wasn't the one taking it. Plus, I mean, I don't know. I, like, I feel like nine times out of ten, that kind of stuff is decided upon by the players out there. It's not a call from Lily saying, you take this. I think it's the players kind of look at each other and say, no, 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 I'm feeling this. I'd like, be surprised if it, it isn't. I'd be surprised if it isn't Lily saying, like, all right, today's PK takers are going to be you first, then you. Like I, I would be spread. I don't know. But what I mean, what what if you you know what if you're just feeling off of it? Like you know, like it just Nico should have scored more. And I feel like if if I was him in that position, I'm thinking. I mean, it it, de- it depends on his mentality. Look, I mean, like he could be really backing himself and want and want to take that. But my, I mean, like my God, like you, Mike, you mentioned it already. Forbes is feeling it right now, and I feel like he has so much confidence. You know, he's wearing the captain's armband in the absence of Kerr. 
he has a great game in this game, and he's thinking, no, I got this. Um, I, yeah, I've so seen I, this I, happen, though. I've seen it happen where yeah. the players on the field disagree about who should take that PK, oh, and sure. it caused this strife on the field. And like I saw it with the Columbus crew a couple seasons ago, uh, and it just it can happen where the players just don't agree, and then next thing you know, some guy's leaving the team next season because of this. I mean, it, it's obviously not all because of that one PK, but it, it can cause strife. So I, I I would think as a coach, you would be like, no, this is how it goes. You're taking it. If you're not feeling it, you can pass it up, but you're the one who gets first dibs. Yeah. And I, I, I can't imagine Brett, if he had first dibs at it, he'd be like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I think Brett is, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, he's possibly. a striker. He wants to score. That's that's his whole purpose. And yeah. he's going to take any opportunity to take that goal, especially PK. So I don't think that was his choice. Uh, we saw that with Herzog last year, where there was a few times where somebody was like, oh, it's my ball. And he's like, no, like, I'm the striker. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting another goal. Like, I'm taking this. Yeah. And we saw it a few times. I mean we argued the point at the time but we've seen it with parks too with direct kicks where you've seen other guys sort of like hey hey man hey like i'm, I'm gonna and he's like nope out of my way i'm taking this um yeah. so not so much this season but last season so yeah i definitely i definitely see that um what about lynn you guys have any thoughts on uh lynn first game back how do you look i, th- I mean i thought the f- First goal he lets in, he could maybe move his feet a little quicker and, and get to that ball. It felt like that ball wasn't really fizzed in too quickly. So I, th- I feel like he had time to maybe shift his feet over, but... It was a great goal. Um, he, like, that was a great it, was, goal. it was a great goal. Like, I mean, it, it was, but it's like, I don't know. Part of me feels like, all right, Toby probably should do a little better to not allow him to get that shot off. Um, Lynn should probably do a little better to try to get in front of it and stop it. It was yeah. I mean, it was it was a good chest down and a good volley with with the left foot and all that kind of stuff. But I felt like I don't know. We could have done a little more. Um, I think Lynn make what a, a great save for a free kick they have. Um, he makes another a, a couple other g- good saves. Their second goal, I don't think he, he really could have done much for. Um, no, I, I it's, yeah. I, I think if he's not in net, I don't I don't know if we probably let in more. I don't know. You think um, so? All right. But, uh, but yeah, I, th- I thought he had a pretty good game. Um, no significant drop-off. That one goal that he saved uh, where he uh, just got his fingertips to the ball and pushed it over the net, when he came down, he came down pretty hard. And he, he popped up and was holding his side. And I'm just thinking, no. <laughs> like, yeah. We just got you back. Don't be hurt. I talked to him after the game. And he was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. I was like, all right, you better be. <laughs> did, he, did he leave the mask on while he talked to you? No, no, no. Okay. He took the mask off as soon as the game was over. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I gotta imagine that thing's not comfortable to wear. Yeah. No, I can't imagine it would be. Um, yeah, no, I, and I also thought it was kind of interesting uh, how Francois doesn't get the start. I think Francois sure. has generally been playing pretty well. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just kind of interesting. I mean, I, we, we don't have a ton of depth, but it is kind of nice when we can look to the bench and bring on Francois in the 60th minute. Um, yeah, I thought Zemanski had a pretty quiet game, so that sub was pretty pretty obvious. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, Mike, just echoing what you said, I thought Forbes is peak Forbes um, right now. I I genuinely, like, I think he could play, he could be in a starting 18 for some MLS teams. I, I mean, he, he, he might not start every game or whatever, but I think he could be a useful squad member for a lot of MLS teams. He has such a good head on his on his shoulders, and he knows how to read the game so well. Um Greenspan played well. 
Brett needs to pick up some more of the chances. But yeah, no, I, I thought all of that was uh, was was good to see. I, and yeah, I'm just interested to see how Francois kind of plays for the rest of the season because I think we talked a little bit about how he might have been getting a little tired. Um, he played a lot of games and he's been running a lot. I'd be interested to know like the numbers on like who in the team has run the most, you know, kilometers or miles or whatever over the course of the season. Did you I'd be say kilometers? Where are we, Kevin? <laughs> Listen, I I said or miles. I, I, I said know, or, I or miles. Listen, yeah. If you wanted I to make the miles. argument to go to the metric system, I am happy to. Like, sure. <laughs> I'm all like the fact that we're not still drives me nuts. But it's just funny that you decided to pull that out. And yeah, <laughs> well, because I don't know. I, I would imagine a lot of those kind of like stat soccer companies probably started elsewhere. I could be really probably wrong on this. Right. Um, so like their whole systems might be set up in the metric system. That's what I'm going to say. Um, yeah. So I, I got nothing else. That's it. <laughs> I don't know. That's fine. One, uh, one guy that, uh, just to get, you know, quick read on this, uh, there was a long, uh, a couple years ago, I was reading an article and they were talking about the effectiveness of, uh, holding midfielders. And I think, um, specifically, I was reading about Barcelona, and um, and and they were talking about uh, Busquets, and they were saying like you know one of the one of the ways that you could tell that a holding midfielder is doing their job really well is when you don't talk about them like either during the game or after the game or anything like that like they just sort of do their job, but it's nothing flashy. They just sort of get it done, and there were times in this game when, especially late in the game, I was watching it and the announcers were like, oh, that was a good pass from Dabo. And, like, I literally forgot Dabo was on the field. And, like, I wasn't – immediately that, that article was what I thought of. It was like, oh, if, you know, if you're not talking about them, then they're doing their job. But I, I don't know if that's necessarily his case. I don't know if he just sort of went missing in this game or if he just was so effective that I just didn't notice him touching the ball. I mean, he's had games where he's been very – prominent and and almost sort of like a destroyer but with Zemanski sort of there as well I feel like a lot of times he gets overshadowed by Zemanski I don't know it was just it was just something that I noticed I don't know if you guys you guys may not have a thought or comment on that at all it was just something that uh that jumped out at me and yeah I I I think that's not Zemanski's position and almost like like Zemanski was almost being played as a 10 in this game like right behind Brett and I just that doesn't make too much sense for me um I think He's more of a kind of box-to-box midfielder. He's he's not really a specialist in any way. I don't think like I think Dabo is the better defensive midfielder, and I think like Forbes is the better advanced playmaker. But Zemanski can kind of do a little bit of both. You know what I mean? Um, so I think deploying him in that position doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was kind of hard to tell, Mike. Yeah, I'm with you on the whole Dabo thing. It's it's tough. I mean, he definitely has the energy and the kind of dynamism to hustle and, and hurry people or, or hurry the opposition. And so you're right. He can kind of maybe like even just close down people quickly and that can kind of force something where it doesn't obviously look like he did anything, but just his presence of closing them down, you know, creates a turnover or something like that. But no, I mean, what, he gets that goal a couple games ago where he's like 20 yards out and he just fires it and you know, ever since then, he's. I want to say he's been in the starting lineup. Um, so yeah, he's definitely making a run here at the end of the season. It'll be interesting to see if he stays in. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I mean, do you guys have anything else? We have. Uh, we have some listener thoughts about this game um, because you know, honestly, I think 
approaching this as a fan, obviously the game itself was very exciting. It was great to watch the last five minutes for sure. Um, you know, I think I think Matt was uh, Matt Geico was joking about like you know we haven't we haven't seen any miracles here in a while, and uh, after the first goal, and then we were able to get the second to to tie it up. Um, you know, Paul Paul specifically seemed really excited when when Brett was taken down in the box, but um, it, it's hard to get a read of. Yes, the game was entertaining, but is this a good result considering that we were so dominant and all of that? So just put the question out there and just ask, you know, how do we feel about this? Are we are we excited about this? Was this a good result? You know, are we concerned about anything? Um, the overall feedback was positive. You know, Justin, who who uh, obviously does some of the preview shows, said this was a really good game. Not a great result, but we came up against a keeper who saved this team multiple times. I was concerned before Bethlehem, but this result showed me that we have the medal to compete with top teams. The next two wins are if we are wins if we play like that again. Um, Mike at one check thirty seven said from a stat standpoint it was a good game. Louisville is definitely up there. I'm happy to see the results reversed and have Pittsburgh score late to complete the comeback. So Kev, I think that's a bit to your point. Rather than going down and then drawing to come back, definitely felt like a playoff game in the stands. Best game I've been to yet. But fifteen set pieces and zero goals is crazy, guys. We didn't even talk about. I think the Hounds had fifteen Wolf. corner kicks. Um, yeah, that's something. We, we, I mean, we got close on a couple of them, especially early. But yeah, no, it's. <sighs> is it horseshoes? Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> it was frustrating. I mean, watching the game live and, and seeing corner kick after corner kick, and it felt like one of the fifteen. Like at, near the end, there it's like, okay, corner kick number thirty-seven. Let's see if this one has a chance. <laughs> nope. Okay. So it was just frustrating, and I, I don't know. I the joke is every corner, every corner is a goal. It, it obviously isn't, especially for the Hounds. Uh, but yeah, I was very sad to see no headers from from Greenspan. So you know who needs to score more with his head? Joe Greenspan. That's what needs to happen. <laughs> we trying that again? It needs to happen. Works? Okay. Yeah. Come on, Joe. What, what? Like Toby only has one goal, right? Yeah. And he's I like he has to be just almost as big as Greenspan. Yeah. He's huge. I don't so, so I mean, he, and he's an athletic dude. I mean, he can jump, he, you know, so yeah, I don't know. Jeffrey at Plaid Pirate, who uh, put out his recap over at uslnews.com. Go check that out. Said, not converting our chances makes me more concerned than being the better team and not getting full points, since that may be the root cause. And then he posed the question, also, does Louisville getting NYCFC's Jonathan Lewis on loan make the playoff race more interesting? So um, for those who missed it, today it came out that Louisville was able to get um, from the MLS – from uh, NYCFC uh, forward Jonathan Lewis on loan. Um, now, the good news is is that the loan only runs through the end of the regular season, at which point he goes back to the MLS. But that's still whatever it is, six games, I believe, that Louisville still has, that they will have him down the home stretch. Um, you know, they already have Lancaster, who's leading the league in goals, and now they're going to have Lewis as well. Who knows if how much playing time, if any, he'll actually get. But... In terms of making the battle for two, three, and four more interesting, this is definitely something that's worth watching. We're not going to play Louisville again ourselves, but um, when you sort of look at, we talked a little bit about strength of schedule and who they have left. This may really keep us on the front foot, or make us forced to be on the front foot to try to stay ahead of Louisville. Josh, you're shaking your head. 
this feels like a ringer. This feels like <laughs> uh, just like, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, we've been playing this game the whole time. Uh, we need a little bit of help. Let's just get someone to come in and do the work for us. Okay, you can leave now. I, I'm not saying he's that good of a player. I, I honestly don't know if he's going to make that big of a difference. But to have a player who you bring in after the fact who can't play in the playoffs, because I think legally he can't play in the playoffs anyway, um, just because it was after the sub. Or the, the roster freeze. The roster freeze. So it's like, okay, so this guy's literally just coming in to get you into the top in the playoffs and then leaving. That's what it feels like. Yeah. And then John Nash um, said, good result considering the hole the lads dug themselves in to show fight, determination, and will is a huge positive going into postseason play. However, have to gut down on some careless mistakes that allow teams to stay in matches in the first place. And I think that's sort of been our kryptonite for the past three years so i think early on we sort of shook some of those demons and we sort of hoped that they were gone for good and clearly they're not but uh you know to your point josh you know this was dan lynn's first game back in a while i hate to see the two goals against him because that's going to knock down his average in terms of the race for the golden glove but uh getting close yeah it's going to be close but uh you know i'm sure he's glad he came back against you know the number three seed in the east and was able to you know let in what Kevin claims one that was savable, um, but did have did have a few moments there. So uh, yeah, I guess I'll say it was defendable against the defense. I, once it got past the defense, I think it was pretty hard to save that goal. Uh, but I do think Kevin has a point. Uh, the defense should have been a little bit more. Yeah, it should not have been as easy because it was off a set piece. So you know who you're marking at a set piece. You know who to look out for in McLaughlin. Like he should be one of the guys or not McLaughlin, uh, Lancaster yeah. should be one of the guys you, you are definitely shutting down. Yeah. So thank you to everybody who submitted your thoughts on this. Like I said, overall it seemed to be positive, which is great. Um, guys, I guess let's just talk about, you know, a little bit about what's going on around the East. Um, paint the picture for those who maybe aren't watching it as carefully as Josh and I, cause Kev, you're still, have you you've checked the standings, right? You sort of know where we are. You know where everybody yeah. is. Yeah. At first, I was like, "What?" <laughs> and then you remembered, like, "Oh yeah, I had a whole." I was speech. like, oh, "Okay, you're, yeah, yeah, you're referring to me not checking the standings." That's no, right. I've checked the standings. Okay, so yeah, so the way things shake out right now, um, Cincy is the only team in the East that have that has clinched. Technically, everybody else still has a shot at the playoffs, except for TFC three and Richmond, who have both been officially eliminated. Um, it, it was interesting, I guess, this weekend, TFC2 played Cincy and uh, ended up losing 4-3, to three, but still were able to put three behind Cincy. Um, yeah, Cincy keeps having these, like, crazy games that, like, you know, fans keep cheering for them as being, like, the second coming, and it's just, I keep waiting. We'll see what happens. We'll see. I don't know. Um, so, Cincy's at the top. We're at second. Uh, with 50 points the good news is is that we are you know we can look at the sort of the playoff line but i also like to look at sort of you know home playoff line and we're currently five points ahead of indy 11 who are at fifth um and uh behind them is bethlehem they're three points back from them so if we get a win this weekend against indy you know that can hold them down a little bit further and inch us much closer to not only clinching a playoff spot but clinching a home playoff spot which would be fantastic um, plus, plus, Indy and Bethlehem have played one and two more games than we have. We're on, what, we're on 28 games played. Indy's on 29. Bethlehem, Bethlehem's on 30. Yeah. Um, all of the teams that sort of round out the top eight. Indy has Indy's played 29. Bethlehem's played 30. Ottawa's played 30. New York's played 29. 
the only one that can really sort of sneak in that has a game of hand on everybody is Nashville. They've only played 27, and they're just out. They're just two points outside of the playoffs right now. So that that's going to be an interesting one. Josh, you were mentioning that there's a few games on Wednesday that we should keep an eye out for. Yeah, so um, Louis plays Penn FC on Wednesday, so that's going to be uh, kind of a uh, a table switcher there. If Louis gets the the win, they're going to who's home on that one? Uh, Penn FC is mm. home, so that's. I mean, I I don't have high hopes Penn holding off Louis, but I'm hoping they do. Weirder things have happened. I mean, Louisville has lost six games this season. We've only lost four. Yeah, I mean, so yeah. So. Um, Charleston Battery also play Charlotte Independence uh, that same day, so that's another game that if uh, Charleston were to win, they would be able to jump us in the standing. So, I mean, we're looking at a possibility we could see ourselves in fourth place by uh, the end of Wednesday, which is scary to think that's how close it is right now. Uh, granted, they'll have a game in hand and all that kind of stuff, and so it's it's not as scary as it sounds, but it is one of those things where this is a tight table i mean it it is not going to be easy to stay in second place it's not going to be easy to stay in the top four even uh every point matters at this uh time so yeah keep that in mind it's it's a running joke over at bgn where nobody really wants the fifth spot like teams want it but nobody's like willing to grab it like i think bethlehem had it and then they've sort of faltered a little bit they've lost their last two games so now they're in sixth Indy sort of had it at one point, and then they beat the Red Bulls, and then they lost one nothing to Penn FC. So they're sitting there in fifth, but like, it, it almost makes me feel like, and this is this is in no way making excuses or anything like that, or setting us us up for excuses, but it almost feels like to be in fourth might actually be a better position heading into the playoffs if the teams that end or if the team that ends up in fifth sort of limps their way into it as opposed to the teams that are really battling at the line like I don't think anybody wants to face Red Bulls too going into the playoffs just because that is a team that when they turn it on I'll take them no look <laughs> look that is a team that when they turn it on they could put six goals behind you like without breaking a sweat and so yeah but how many times have they turned it on this season a they've lot. won 10 times this season that's it yeah but they yeah. Uh, well, yeah, they've uh, they've won ten times, lost eight, and have tied eleven, drawn eleven. Um, but keep in mind, this is one of those teams that I feel like pretty much just cares near the end. <laughs> I mean, they've won playoffs, they've won championships, and it's just I don't know. Maybe it's because they're uh, a two team and they kind of just play to get experience. But then when it's actually the playoff time, they're like, oh, okay, we'll take it seriously now. So I I don't like the idea of playing NYC. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, they, look, they're the highest goal scoring team in the league, which is kind of crazy. But they've let in fifty four goals. That is the most. No, wait, okay. So only TFC two, Richmond, and Atlanta have let in more goals than than New York. So AKA the bottom three in the East. Yeah, yeah. and so. I don't know. I look for me. I, yeah, I'd I'd rather. I don't know. I, I don't. I really don't want to play. If you, if you're looking at first, second, third, you know that's the difference between yeah. You get you get to play New York or Ottawa or Bethlehem and Indy. I'd rather take someone out of the Ottawa New York pot than Indy and Bethlehem pot. Um, but that's just me. And I'm thinking that something. I mean. This is obviously not set in stone. I would not be surprised if Nashville pushed their way in. And uh, I think somebody, it might have been on the USL show. Uh, or no, maybe, 
Maybe it was Justin. Somebody I listened to, re- I listened to so many shows. Somebody predicted that Bethlehem's the odd team out. Josh, maybe it was you. Was it you? I feel huh? like it was what? you. Did you predict that Bethlehem <laughs> was not going to make the playoffs this year? That sounds about right, yeah. just because it's Bethlehem. <laughs> um. <laughs> no, I honestly can't remember. I was sorry. I was looking up the stat from last season because I was curious what New York did last season. And they ended the season in seventh place, uh, not doing good. They had a negative goal differential. Let's put it that way. But then in the playoffs, they went all the way to the semifinals. Yeah. Uh, they got knocked out by Louie in the uh, semifinals of the playoffs. So that's what I'm talking about. Like, they, they finished near the bottom, just close. They're just doing enough to make it into the playoffs, and then they actually show up. And that first game, they won 4-0 against the battery. Uh, so it's they're definitely not a team to take lightly in the playoffs. Yeah, but what? It's one game and you're in the semis, right? <laughs> it might, it, no, it, it, I'm, I'm semifinals. So they played Battery, and then they played the Rowdies, and then they played Bluey. Okay, fair so, enough. So, I mean, they, they knocked out Battery. They knocked out Rowdies, and they barely lost against uh, Louie in penalties. Yeah. So that would have been them playing the final if it wasn't for penalty kicks. So definitely a lot to watch over the next few weeks. You know, we have, what, six games left? Um, and, uh, yeah, there's games on Wednesday. Um, it, there, this is all going to shake up. I mean, this is going to be a really fun run down the stretch and see what happens. So the hounds are currently sitting nine points ahead of the playoff line, which feels like, you know, there's no way we're going to lose that, but stranger things have happened. So we want to see the guys be hungry, go out, take it to teams, and, uh, you know, let's kick it all off with Indy this weekend. Josh, um, we only have two home games left. We have this game this weekend against Indy, and then, like I said, in three weeks against Cincy. You had mentioned that uh, the Steel Army might have a new toy to play with uh, for the home games. Nothing's official yet, but we're working on a new goal celebration. Okay. Uh, okay. I don't want to say anything more than that, just in case it doesn't pan out, but we're getting the okay from the front office right now, and... Uh, logistically setting it up, and we might have something for goal celebrations. Okay. We'll just leave it at that. That's that's so score goals. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's what we call a teaser in the biz. Yeah, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, Joe. <laughs> uh, so the game is this weekend, Saturday, seven p.m. Um, you know, last time we played Indy was just a few weeks ago. It was that crazy two-two draw on the football field with all the lines where both teams had goalie snafus where, you know, basically the, the, we had Francois just sort of dribble around the keeper and put it in. They had, uh, was it Jack Mack who dribbled around and and put it in. Um, since then they drew one, one with Richmond. Um, they beat the Red Bulls three, nothing. And then they lost to Penn 15, one, nothing, which, you know, Penn 15 is another one of those teams that I think we like to discount, but they have been making some noise recently. Hence their so, nickname. Hence their nickname, <laughs> yes. Um, so now they're going to come to us. They're basically going to have a nine-day break because they played this past Wednesday and they didn't have a game this weekend. So they will have some time to really look at this game. And like I said, nobody's really like put a stranglehold on that fifth position. So this could be a good opportunity if they want to sort of stake a claim and go on a run to come and play Pittsburgh, second-place team try to get three points. It could be huge for them. Um, guys, what uh, what are we thinking about this game? I mean, I'm, I'm sort of 
I, I don't know what to feel or think. I mean, we talked about sort of the momentum from this past game was really good coming back from two goals down, but we still did end up drawing in a game that it felt like we dominated. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. Josh, what are you, what are your thoughts on this game? What are you, how are you feeling? I'm, I'm feeling like a win is needed at this point. We haven't had a win except for against Bethlehem. That's the last time we've won. And both t- last times we've won were against Bethlehem. So it's still been a while. Uh, and I, I just don't know how we can say our momentum's building, that kind of stuff, and if we don't get a win against Indy. It's going to be tough because the next game after that is going to be a midweek game again. So we're going to be you know, playing with tired legs, and we're playing against Penn, which is a big game for us, and it has a lot of implications. So this kind of I, – I want this to be a win because I want to see the momentum go on our side. Yeah. Kev, how how are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, I think this game is potentially the biggest game of the season. Um, I mean, we've said that before. I know, (laughs) but that's the point. I mean, it's kind of like it's easy to say, you know, as the as the season evolves, then you know, there's always new important games. But I mean, Josh, you made the point I think earlier in the show that you know, if we win this game, then I think we we make a pretty clear buffer zone that all right like any anything below fourth is just not our business anymore like if we can get a a win against indy that pretty much cements it like all right yeah like we're only interested in the top four positions at this point the numbers prove it our play proves it and you know we can kind of put all of that worry to bed so yeah and and also like you just said josh i mean or or mike um you know this this any kind of momentum that we might have gotten from this comeback against Louisville dies if, if we don't get a win against Indy. Um, so we need to start building up the six games left and, and, you know, you want to be going into the playoffs hot and, and now is the absolute time to do it. So earlier today, uh, Vesti was running some numbers from the steel army and, uh, pretty positive. If we win this game, uh, and we win against Penn, that will make us, the next team to clinch a playoff position for sure. Um, it, it's possible that we only need a win and a draw, depending on the other games, how they shake out. But a two wins will make it so we definitely have a clinch playoff position, uh, which would be awesome to be able to say, you know, we're this far into the, or we have this much of the season left to go, and yet we are for sure in the playoffs. Uh, we're not just sneaking into it like we had in the days past, or, you know, not sneaking in at all. So it would be super cool if that could happen. And that's another reason why I feel like this game is kind of important because it's getting to that point where there's not enough games left to clinch a playoff position before the last game of the season. Yeah, I mean, you know, to your point, Josh, we have Indy, then Penn. Um, so if we get two wins there, then we still have to play Charlotte away. We'll have Cincy at home. We'll have Atlanta away. And we'll have Red Bulls away. So, you know, the past few seasons, we've gone into those last four games like – well, you know, I mean, if they win out and uh, and these guys lose or you know they draw, <laughs> then we'll be on the bubble. Yeah. Like we'll have a sh- we'll have a chance and uh, to be able to go into those last four games and be like, okay, we're in. Now we just need to figure out, you know, let's make sure we get a home field uh, home field advantage and, uh, and and really blow the place up. So, yeah, I I agree. I think you know I still feel conflicted about how the team uh, responds. Um, after this game but again 
I, I sort of felt that way going into Bethlehem, where it was like, okay, at the time Bethlehem was in fifth, we were in second or third, I can't even remember, uh, and it was sort of like, okay, I guess you know Bethlehem's a serious team, they're going to want some points. I think I sort of predicted a draw in that game, and we just steamrolled them. And so this could just be a case where, you know, I know we just played Indy a little while ago. Um, that was a game that had so many questionable things going on where, you know, we talked about red cards that were given, red cards that should have been given, um, and all of that. And it was that was another game where we said, you know, both from us and Indy's fans and writers were saying that was a case where officiating negatively impacted the game in a way that it shouldn't have. Um, where we went basically went down to 10 men and Indy was able to score um, in the last few minutes and they had like the six minutes of stoppage time and all of that. Um, so I think this is a game where, again, we played Louisville. Louisville clearly are sort of in, in that same zone as we are, but this could be a game that we come out and just sort of, you know, Kev, like you said, just sort of put your stamp on it. Like, nope, you are not a top four team. Get out of our house and uh and, and and we roll from there and that would be a great way to launch into a wednesday game against penn fc for the keystone cup and uh and the old guard shield and all of that um which we haven't really talked about the old guard shield considering that rochester has officially announced that they're coming back in d3 um and the kickers are moving down to d3 and so the question is well what happens to the old guard shield um this is a complete tangent. I would love to see the Old Guard Shield continue to exist, and maybe we do like a preseason tournament or something like that. Um, or if there is, you know, interconference play between D3 and D2, like there were talks about, um, that would be cool to keep it alive through that. But we'll see. Anyway, this game. Um, I'm going to say that the Hounds come out, Dan Lynn's back in net, I'm gonna say three nothing hounds. I'm 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 going with the full blown. We're gonna stomp on them. Um, I think some of the mistakes that were made uh, in the last game, uh, at least uh, in terms of backline and defense and all of that, will not be made again. And um, yeah, from all from all intents and purposes, it sounds like uh, Indy is sort of limping into the playoffs here a little bit, and we need to take advantage of that. So three nothing hounds. Kev, you were the one that whistled. What do you what do you think this is gonna be? Uh, I'm gonna say two nil. I, I think I think we you know Lynn gets his clean sheet to get him back on track for the Golden Glove and all that kind of stuff. Um, because yeah, I think I mean relative we looked relatively solid at defense. I mean yeah, what I think you guys mentioned the numbers before. Louisville does not create many chances. They do not get many shots on net. Um, and I don't, I don't see Indy creating more clinical chances. The, the goals they scored last time we played them were due to our mistakes. I don't see that happening again. And uh, and yeah, I, you know Forbes is on form. Hopefully Brett gets on form again. We're home. Crowd's gonna be up for it. Two nil. Josh. Um, just to keep that train going, I'm gonna go one nil because <laughs> we just went from three to <laughs> Lily special. One. The Lily Special, which, by the way, I just looked it up because I was curious. Yeah, we've only actually ever had the Lily Special three times this season. Uh, so it's not, <laughs> not really that special. special. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it's, I, I do feel like this would be a great game to get a clean sheet on. I would love to see that. We've gotten clean sheets on them before. Granted, that was like a 0-0 draw. But still, I want to see a clean sheet against them just because I want to see Lynn's uh, percentage go back up. I want him to get this golden glove. Uh, I think he's a 
done enough to deserve it. And uh, yeah, would love to see it. Yeah. Totally also, agree. a small little shout out. I mentioned like you know Brett getting back on form. Brett does really well to win the penalty in this game. I mean, he you know it's. Yeah. He's he's clever. He's clever in it. He has he has a great first touch, gets himself in front of the defender, feels the contact, goes down, wins the pen. So, you know, he can still impact the game even when he's not scoring. I think uh head over to uh, Pittsburgh Soccer now. The Riverhound Rabbi had his recap and player grades and I, and the comment he made was that um Brett was either really lucky or just a genius um because basically he just sort of stopped. Like he knew the guy was on his back and he just sort of stopped and let himself get run over. Um, he could have kept going and try to force something through, but uh, whether he did sort of stumble and get pushed or whether or not it was sort of a, you know, come get me sort of thing, um, we'll have to talk to him. Tell you what, I also want to see Brett and Parks on the field at the same time. They linked up really well. Parks had one of the best games this season. I think uh, that, there's something could be going here, especially against Indy. Yeah. So that's what we think. Let us know what you think about the game. Obviously, head out to Highmark for one of the last two games, last two regular season games of the season. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, uh, yeah, definitely go cheer on the boys. Maybe there'll be a new goal celebration. We shall see. Um, but lots to talk about, lots of excitement. Uh, definitely don't miss it. Uh, one thing to, to point out, the uh, the Womon goals are uh, uh, divorcing from us. No, that's not true. Um, they, <laughs> they put out a Twitter poll. Uh, they're trying to, to sort of figure out what sort of shows they'd like to do in sort of addition to what we do. Obviously, Liz does the full 90, which is a huge hit. Um, people love the full 90. Uh, it regularly has more listens than this show. So wink, wink, nod, nod. Tell your friends. Go listen to the show. But uh, totally killing it. Um, but, yeah, so there's there's a Twitter poll out there that we retweeted, basically looking at you know maybe doing some more in-depth interviews, maybe doing some form of... Uh, short short version recaps but there's all sorts of things out there that they're considering and they're looking for feedback to help sort of figure out which direction they want to go in um, you know heading into the rest of the season and the off season so definitely go over there share your thoughts they definitely appreciate it um, guys anything else for this one I think we're pretty much at our time I'm looking at my watch uh, getting ready to blow the whistle so we'll just go ahead and do it Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. If you're looking for more great USL news, head over to uslnews.com and check out all the great articles and podcasts that are there that are all part of the BGN family. If you want to stick with just specifically Riverhound stuff, just go to riverhounds.bgn.fm. It's really cool. Basically, anybody who writes anything about the Riverhounds, um, in the BGN family, it all goes to that one page. So you're not just hearing stuff from us. You're hearing stuff from, you know, whoever else is writing, you know, from the opposition, uh, any shows that are recorded where they're talking about the hounds, it's all there in one place. So it's a really, really cool resource. Go check that out. Riverhounds.bgn.fm. You can follow us on Twitter at Mongols and at WoMongols. Email us at Mongols at BGN.fm. Head over to iTunes, subscribe to the show, leave us a review. Otherwise, let us know what you thought about this one. Thank you, everybody. We will talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later. Before you go, please help us to keep doing what we're doing by becoming a supporter of the show. Head over to mongols.com and click on the Become a Supporter button. For as little as $1 per month, just $1, you can help keep the show commercial free while also getting a say in who we interview, the questions we ask, what we talk about, and you can get some sweet gear as well. Thanks again to all of our listeners for your continued support. That's mongols.com. Click on Become a Supporter. mongols.com. Become a Supporter. Thanks.